Get ready and tune into the Doctor's Guide Podcast, raw and unfiltered, a unique platform to help you optimize your health through dynamic role-playing, real-life challenges with expert guests and your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, and this is the Doctor's Guide Podcast, raw and unfiltered. And truly, it's raw and unfiltered because I truly don't know what to expect, what's going to come out out of my mouth and maybe my guest as well. And that's part of the whole fun of all of this. Because here's the truth about our health. There's so much information out there. And how do you actually filter that information out? How do you know what's believable, what's trustworthy, or what's not? And I think the best way, the quickest way to get to that information is finding the right people to talk to. And that's what I love about this show, because you're going to experience the authentic version of my guests and their wisdom and their magic so that you can reach out to them and get the wisdom and the roadmap towards your health. But here's also what I know that it's true, is that a lot of people out there, um, they've got these you know great followings on their podcasts and they supposedly have all the answers and everything else. And sometimes they do, but it's also context dependent. So they may have the solutions for some people, but not maybe maybe not for you. And so the differentiator of this podcast is more about how is it that I help you or share with you the process by which you can navigate your own health. And that's the journey that you're going to want to take. How do you make the right decisions? And so how do we do that today? Because I don't know you personally. I don't know what your problems are, but I do know that what's universal is how we can effectively navigate that journey for all of us. And so I'm sharing with you the process by which we can do that. And we do that through role playing. And so with the wonderful guests that I have, one of them is going to present with a problem and the other one's going to guide that one person to some sort of resolution of that particular problem. And so you might see yourself, and that's my hope, that in the, the whole process, either as the guide or the one coming up with a problem, and you might get triggered. And what's really important for me is that rather than just going out and judging the person, you know, if you are judging the person, then you should look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, well, do I have the same problem? Because it may be something in their life. It may be something that they've experienced outside or they can relate to, but have a desire to share with you something that's important to them that they want to impart in knowledge to you as well. So once again, the role play is going to be about six minutes. Uh, one's going to have the problem, one's going to have the resolution. And after that, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack all of that. We're going to talk about the different aspects of that so that you leave with some sort of insight, um, some sort of action step that you can now take. You know, perhaps you want to meet with them as well, which I hope you do, because I want to get these guests that really are awesome contributors for your journey as well. So I want to um, welcome both Sienna and Alice. I'll have each of you just briefly introduce yourself, and then we'll go into the role play for about six minutes. And after that, we'll unpack it for 10 or 15 and get you to hear or get you to share some incredible magic. So Sienna, I've known you for a while. I think you're an amazing doctor out there looking to um, create so much more magic outside of conventional medicine. I'm excited about that, but introduce yourself, and then I'll have Alice introduce herself, and then we'll do the role play. Go ahead, Sienna. Yeah, okay. screen. Hi, um, as you mentioned, I'm Dr. Sienna Steckel, um, who I'm allopathically trained, which means I'm an MD, and I've been working 
primarily night shifts in the emergency department for almost two decades um, now and recently have been on a path of organically self-exploring what else is out there. And wow, is there a lot out there that is exciting and um, got me down a lot of rabbit holes, with a lot of very unique um, cutting edge ways of tackling problems that I wasn't able to address in the emergency department. There's a, a time and a place for that role, but um, my goal, my passion now is how can I help assist just being a conduit uh, with helping people get out of their own way, uh, both from a, a, whether it's a psychological block or a physical block. You know, we, we want to feel better now. Um, the outcome is uh, ideally maybe a longer life, so longevity or anti-aging, but that's not my goal. My goal is how can, we, how can I help facilitate or guide somebody with all the different modalities out there um, to find what fits them so that they can be who they want to be now. So you're my perfect kind of doctor, you know, one with the conventional training on the one hand, but this aspiration and inspiration and desire to master all the things outside of conventional medicine that could truly make a change for all of us. And so for anybody out there, you want to find a doc that can help you with that. Um, Sienna Steckel is one of those. Alice, a brief uh, introduction of yourself, and then we'll get to the role play. And I know uh, Sienna will be in the hot seat for that. My name is Alice Miller, and I am passionate about consciousness, uh, raising my own and being of service to help anybody who's interested raise theirs. And the vehicle I've chosen is brainwave training programs uh, that uses a unique um, application of neurofeedback training along with some exquisite protocols to help get you out of your own way, to unblock yourself and rise to your to your highest potential and, and live with a connection to self versus ego. And, and I love that. <clears throat> and that's truly the new science that's really coming out. And Alice is clearly one of those pioneers because the truth is, is that last time I checked, my head is connected to my body and I'm, I'm sending all sorts of messages to the rest of my body. And if they're the wrong messages, my body's not going to work in the right way. And so that's simplifying what uh, Alice has um, is doing in a very complex manner to help assist you um, be as healthy as you can in ways that even I don't understand. And I'm super excited to learn more about it. So let's just jump in. Um, so Sienna, you got a problem. And once again, uh, listeners, you might get triggered about this. You might be judgmental about this. That's pre precisely the, the hope that I have um, simply because then you're ready for a transformation if you're willing to take that step forward. Go ahead, Sienna. Okay. All right, here, here's where I get to be uh, vulnerable. Um, and this is actually a true story in a sense. So I um, thought I knew what neurofeedback was. Um, I was mistaken, but um, gratefully got um, kind of thrown into the world and unknowingly um, was seeking for a way to do what um, I couldn't do for myself. So two things that I always say is you don't know what you don't know and you can't get out of your own way. And 
I could talk people under the, the table if it was a psychological issue, but I was having a hard time getting out of my own way um, and not knowing really what my stumbling blocks were, both for either a failure to launch or what I would call imposter syndrome or um, words that I knew, but just because I knew it up here, I, I, there was still something that was um, stopping me from taking action steps. And uh, because I've spent my entire training in life living up here, um, I personally was having a, um, a challenge getting into my own body and, and trusting my intuition. And um, I was, it was recommended and kind of came across energetically the opportunity to dive into what I knew it was called um, neurofeedback at the time. And so I'm coming to Alice now because she's, um, I was recommended that she has a training and I want to know more what I can, how this may help me get out of my own way. So Sienna, in what aspect of your life are you recognizing that you're getting into your own way? where you might be holding yourself back or operating out a pattern that no longer serves you? That is a long list, most likely. Um, a lot, of, up until recently, it would be um, having the confidence to put myself out there. I would um, like to be the, the um, constant learner and I was learning, 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 and I had all this information, but I wasn't applying it. So from a professional uh, standpoint, it was actually taking action in with all the information that I'd acquired. So that was a big one was why wasn't I taking that next step of, of putting it to use? Um, we can dive into also the uh, possible self-sabotage with relationships or even habits that you know, worked for me 20 years ago, but maybe aren't working so much now and that yet I kept doing them. So the three would be uh, actually stepping out and doing something with all the information that I learned. That was a big one. Um, and then kind of that challenge of changing habits that used to work for me, particularly exercise around the exercise world. We'll just pick that one. Okay. So there's three things. Um, failure to initiate action, which we know we can identify in someone's brain based on the way they're wired, that they would have a propensity not to take action. And um, so you can attack it from a brainwave standpoint, as well as a behavioral standpoint. So let's play with, with this one. Um, okay in terms of failure to, to initiate action. Is it in every aspect of your life or in one, one or two places in particular? It's a change in that. Um, I would say, I would say one or two. Um, it was around where um, I thought there would be performance or criteria or, or judgment around um, how it come across in a, a uh, professional standpoint. I have no problem when I'm in the ER. I know that gig, that one's fine. Confidence there, because I know it, it's familiar. 
Um, but it's where things aren't as familiar um, or there may be, um, you know, who are you, who are you to say X, Y, and do Z kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other would be uh, particularly breaking a, a routine, a habit, but I'm, I'm a serial habit addict is how I would classify that behavior. So let's start with, um, there's a few approaches that we could take with this. The first one I want to drill into a little bit, drill's a harsh word, but uh, explore, uh, is at what point, if you can remember the earliest time in your life where you stepped out and tried something and got the message, who do you think you are, or were made fun of, where it was not safe to try on something new? That's a tough one. I'm, I'm guessing there was some times when I was a child, though I still, because kids, kids are kids, and they're going to make fun of if they can. And um, I was very sensitive to personal um, responses. If it was uh, something that was graded or academic or like a something that was more um, object, subjective, objective, um, subjective, I was easier. But if it was open to opinion, if the minute, so there's times when it was a child would probably be the, the first couple of times um, with local kids. Um, the second time, the, the second time that, that, that it comes up is, uh, that what comes up to mind right now is in the ER setting when going to a different um, site where there's a different culture. And I was the only female in a predominantly, um, uh, at the time, male-run um, small town in the middle of nowhere where they had a specific culture and structure. And that was a very, so I, I noticed it took a lot of steps back at that time. So those are probably the two that really stick out. I'm curious about being a little kid and our adult mind, our logical mind can say, yeah, kids are like that. However, at that time of that experience, you're wiring yourself without the benefit of having, you know, a 40 year old, 45 year old perspective. So um, give me an example of, of one of those times when other kids may have made fun of you or made some comment. Uh, I was rather precocious um, physically as a, as a child. And so I was tall and just developed um, at a young age. And that was pointed out um, by kids. So it was, um, I think that was probably the, the one that stands out the most because it was the most sensitive thing to me at the time. Um, and it's a small town. So it's a, it's a big fish in a small town. So there's a lot of one little, two little eyes. Now we didn't have, great, thankfully back then we didn't have social media. So I can only imagine um, what that may look like on a scale these days. Um, so it's just a, a marker of how impactful um, those little things are. But um, that was the one that sticks out the most that I was the most uh, sensitive to is um, I wasn't prepared for the attention that I had when I was a kid. 
Well, that's a, that's a really good one to look at um, early impact of this idea that your body's developing, you're getting attention, unwanted attention, uh, and you're not prepared for it. Um, what I would have you do is do forgiveness on the, pick one of the kids who was most dominant in your mind and let them be the stand-in for all of that attention and charge them, you're going to forgive them for making fun of your development or making fun of your, however that lands for you, however you would say it, where okay. it it would have that feeling. Okay. How, how would you say it? How would I charge them? Mm -hmm. um, no, I know, I know what you mean by charging. Um, I don't know if we need to explain that. Um, yeah, I'll explain it in a moment. I, I want to get okay. your words. Okay. Um, oh, geez. Uh, at the time, I wouldn't be able to. So as the adult charger, um, I would charge them for... being saying things they didn't realize were cruel. Um, or... God, how, did, how would I word that? Uh, do you mind helping me with what might be a... Making fun of your body? There we go. Yeah. Okay. And, and, yeah. That's what it was. Oh. So, yeah. It was only physical. And how old were you, roughly? I want to say probably 11, 8 to 11, something like that. Probably 11. So what I'm asking Sienna to do is to change where she's held that since she was 11 years old. So change where she's holding that in her brain um, from a place of pain, uh, a place of self-consciousness and dissolving it. So she's not holding that anymore. It's not impacting her day-to-day -day life as she, um, as she continues. Notice that the same environment where it was a small town and you're in with a, a bunch of uh, male doctors, predominantly male doctors, and you're female, and you held yourself back again. Um, that same kind of closed um, environment. Um, so what I would do is, with forgiveness, what you're doing is you're charging the person from the perspective of whenever that pain happened. For in this case, it was 11 years old, and you're going to tap into the pain for mm, two minutes, four minutes max. The only way we know at this point to change the brain um, where we're holding these things is to connect with the pain. And then after that, she's going to look for what good came out of the situation. And then she's going to continue into forgiveness, which could be compassion and understanding for them. It could be um, with her adult awareness that kids are, are always pointing out uh, something unusual or different or however that is. Uh, it could be gratitude. These same kids had uh, other capacities and other behaviors and mannerisms that really were an asset to her life, and she can lean into those. So, or it could be nonlinear, and who knows what it looks like because she's not doing it at the same level she's feeling. All right, she looks for the gift, what good came out of this, and then moves into another space by dropping the story, by dropping the pain and finding love and forgiveness. It doesn't matter who they are or what they've done. And then um, do you wanna play with that? Do you wanna give that a try? 
So take a moment. I'll walk you through if you want. I know you know how to do this. Uh, so if you want to close your eyes. The reason she's closing her eyes is that in the moment she closed her eyes, her alpha went up. And that alpha is that relaxed, meditative, love, happiness, gratitude space. So bring the person in, one of the people, one of those kids, and have your 11-year-old charge them. And you can say it out loud. I charge you with. I charge you with making fun of, I'll say, my body. Um, mm. Leave it at that. Now go back to that 11-year-old self and let her feel. Whatever was standing in the schoolyard, walking home, and having this unwanted attention, maybe some remarks are made. Let yourself feel it. Once you've tapped into that feeling, I want you to move into the gift. What good came out of this situation? What did you learn? What did you experience? How did you um, avoid um, besmirching somebody else because of the way they looked? Do you want to tell us what your, your gift was? Mm -hmm. I'll make you my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. um, at this point, it, it, it's far simpler to see the gift. I, I quickly realized how uncomfortable it was to, so the gift was empathy or sympathy, both actually. Um, and of all my peers and I, even to this day and in and, and practices, a child being very cautious of saying things or what was said. And um, it actually drew me closer to uh, other kids that uh, others may not have um, welcomed into their circle. Mm -hmm. actually, those are the ones that I found to be my closest friends. Um, so it really did help form, um, I feel, a level of compassion that I didn't even realize was being formed um, because of that. Okay. And the reason Sienna's keeping her eyes closed is so she can stay in the state of that more elevated experience. So from there, find a way to forgive them. Again, you might lead into more gratitude for them. One of them might become your best friend or um, helped you in school or did something. You might have the experience of um, compassion. They might have been self-conscious about their bodies. Um, you might have seen in yourself where you at one time did make fun of somebody and how easy that is to, to do and, and have that kind of compassion and understanding. And find love for them. There's something about them that you can love. Whether you know them or you don't know them, there's always something that you can uh, connect in with somebody. And then you want to do an act of forgiveness. It might be hugging them. It might be saying, I forgive you. It might be, you know, doing a dance up, up Main Street. Um, did you find a way to forgive them? Mm -hmm. Tell
tell me what was your experience you can open your eyes now um once i feel the compassion to me i'm always drawn to hug it it it, it uh, solidifies the physical feeling of the emotion um and it reminds me how one we are um but it also reminds me so it was a hug um and the hug is almost like it felt like hugging another child who was just trying to navigate them their selves and, and whether it was model and they didn't know how to voice what they really were feeling and as my mom would say they're just trying to get your attention you know, mm. we didn't mean we don't have to communicate so it was like hugging one of those like so that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why we wanted to zoom into the earliest memory of the kind of the, the, the space where you would step back versus emerging and, and, and moving forward, all of a sudden your body's emerging and moving forward and you're not consciously aware of anything changing. However, the others are, you know, pointing it out and addressing it and it's uncomfortable. So going to the root helps unpack and, and unfurl where we're holding stuff, where we're really stuck. And then what I would ask you to do is um, something we call a pattern interrupt. Um, so in your mind, imagine you're wanting to bring something new into the world. You want to, you, you have so much to offer. So if there was, what, what thing would you say that you want to bring into the world? You want to share with friends and clients that you're a little reluctant. Yeah, and let's uh, do that and let's wrap it up, okay? Oh, well, we can do that. We can do that. Next no, time. no, no, uh, answer the question, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was trying to wiggle my way out of it. Nah. Um, but now that's what makes this so powerful because, um, oh, okay, so to the end, so what do I want to, what's keeping me from doing it or? No, what, what, give me something that you are not, oh. you're reluctant to go forward with. Mm. Now I'm being a lot more. Uh, ooh. I think it's um, it's very easy for me to make suggestions, but to stand behind, um, I think knowledge, or, or or acting like I I I never feel like I know enough. So I think what's keeping me from really speaking out is feeling I have to master the content, which is never possible so it's just giving myself permission to even just share what I already know and understanding that I'm a continual learner and this is just what I know at this time yeah. and um yeah okay so here's the exercise we don't have to do it now but this is the exercise I would give you is take yourself and you've already felt what alpha felt like when you moved into love and forgiveness and you had that expanded state so what you're going to do is you're going to get yourself in that expanded state. Of course, your eyes would be closed and you would allow yourself to um, get out of your little thinking mind. And as you're feeling that, might be a sense of peace, relaxation. Then you're going to try on, you're going to have a client in front of you. You're going to explore speaking with them with what you really want to say and how you really want to say it. You want to put your passion behind it. You want to bring your knowledge to the table and your confidence and go to the place where that's not happening, where it's wobbly. 
and a little reluctant, a little, you know, push back. Let yourself feel that just for a minute, minute and a half, and then shift into that alpha state again. Close your, always keeping your eyes closed, expanding, expanding. Oh, this feels pretty good. Then go back, dip back into that place where I'm presenting in front of people. I might have a room full of physicians that I am telling them about the latest, greatest that I'm passionate about. And they're all judging you and ick and ooh for a minute, minute and a half, and then punch back up into alpha, play, have sex, do gratitude, get yourself into that nice space, and then do that three or four times and come out of it at that heightened state. And then go do something else and a little bit later do it again to the place where, meh, it's not even a thing. Look out world, here I come. <clears throat> I love it. Thanks, Alice. And and just uh, to be clear, um, I know Sienna personally. She is amazing. I've learned so many things from her. Uh, I think she doesn't get, I know she doesn't give herself credit for what she knows and what she does. And she actually does more than she, I think, admits to herself. But anyhow, uh, briefly, Sienna, what was that for you? That actually took me back. Um, when I did do this, it was the the brainwave and the neurofeedback and, you know, you're attached to probes and you're in a, a whole other world. But um, I didn't realize that uh, it was so easy to start feeling that again, just by even doing a little verbal exercise. Um, it felt a little bit more familiar because I had done it um, in a very intense way before, but <sighs> it's eerily calming um, and eerily uh, empowering. Uh, and I don't say that lightly because uh, I, I just don't. Um, but it gets exciting and and like shoulders go down. And um, yeah. no, it felt really good. Really good. Yeah, we could see that in your face, by the way. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I can't hide my face. So <laughs> no, it was beautiful to watch. And, and well done, Alice, on that. Uh, Alice, what was that for you? It was good. I was a little hesitant to do this, this role playing uh, at the yeah. beginning. And then I found myself sliding into it and uh, enjoying the interchange. And um, yeah, it, it was fun. So <clears throat> what, what I want the listener to know is that, <clears throat> uh, and I'm going to simplify, you know, the, the complexity of what work Alice does. And then I'm going to give her a quick opportunity to make any corrections or amplify anything that I just shared. But basically is, is that as uh, we are developing as a child, you know, we develop all these programs, these patterns of behavior, of thinking, of being and all that kind of stuff. A lot of these downloads are given to us and our immature brain has no way to uh, process that. And then within individual experiences, if the emotional intensity is very high, then you're, we're building these neural networks or neural pathways or even neural highways <clears throat> that are ingrained in our brain that cause us to think and be and behave in a certain way. And so the more emotional um, um, content that is there, the higher, the, the stronger those pathways are. And so basically through the process of, of the incredible work that Alice has pioneered, um, you can change those those um, neural pathways to either eliminate them and replace them with others. Because the reality is, is that we are emotional beings. We've got these memories associated with our emotions. 
Um, you know, our brain is a, a set of complex and neural networks that are working together. And when we have behavior that doesn't serve us, then it's worthwhile, either through what Alice mentioned earlier, whether it's behavioral or neural feedback. And um, I know she'll be able to enlighten us more about more of that. Um, <clears throat> we purposely went over this time because it's such a beautiful role play. But um, Alice, I, I'm going to hand you the microphone real quick uh, for the next you know, two, three minutes. And then we do have to wrap it up because um, I know I want to keep the podcast to a certain length. But what can you enlighten us based on what I just shared just now that people can relate to and why neurofeedback is so critically important uh, for people to embrace? And then we'll just wrap it up with final words from both of you. So, uh, Bart, what you said is absolutely 100% accurate. Uh, when we, from the time we're born, uh, and now there's new science that says in vitro as well, the last trimester, however, these patterns continue on and we continue to wire and then we reinforce them and amplify them, et cetera. And we find ourselves maybe acting out of a three-year-old pattern or a five-year-old pattern and we're 35, 55 or whatever, and it's not really serving us anymore. We've all seen the uh, CEO have a five-year-old tantrum in the boardroom and you can see it. It's like, that guy's five years old in this now moment. So to be able to connect in and change that, change where you're holding things, allows you to free up your real estate so that you end up with a quieter mind. You end up being more present in the moment and not reacting all over the place from something you can't even consciously be aware of. And so on uh, when you're using neurofeedback, you are getting real-time immediate feedback on your own brain. So you can make changes very quickly and very effectively. Um, uh, on a rising pattern as you're forgiving, you're clearing out those neural pathways. And then if you rescript it, you are generating new ones. So you end up upgrading, 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 and showing up in life much more true to your authentic self. Yeah, and I can only kind of give a metaphor that I'm just kind of creating. So imagine you got all these appliances and computers and monitors and everything else, oh. and you got these all these wires, right? And just, you know, what happens if one of those wires is a little exposed because you have, they're insulated, right? And you get a spark and everything goes on fire. So maybe that's what happens when you know, um, um, you know, those past memories, you know, kind of boil up in, in the moment <clears throat> when say like what just happened now, probably the, the weather screwed up the, the, the Wi-Fi, and then we lost it for a second. And then you could have gotten upset, but you didn't. And, or I could have gotten upset and I didn't. And it's, and, and you don't even know why. And so um, I think that's true. And so I think what the work that you're doing is so incredibly important you know, especially, you know, nowadays that with all these advanced technologies, we all can become better people. Mm -hmm. and, and just add one more thing. And that is um, I'm standing on the shoulders of pioneers. And that's what the true pioneers say about themselves. So um, thank you. Uh, you are a pioneer. So how do people get a hold of you, Alice? And then we'll go to Sienna and we'll wrap it up. Uh, externalizedmind.com, so X instead of EX, externalizedmind.com, and my name's Alice, so you can email me, alice at externalizedmind.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Sienna? What am I talking about? Uh, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, good question. Um, that's still uh, in process. Okay. Um, 
I have a website, but honestly, I don't know if I want to direct people there because it's not quite reflective. Um, so for as far as an email goes, you can do drsiennas at gmail.com. So it's D-R-S-I-E-N-N-A-S at gmail.com. Um, I'm also working out of the biohack lab in Fort Lauderdale. So there's a whole team here that are um, easy to get a hold of me. Um, so yeah, that's to be, that's coming. Well, I am truly honored uh, to be in the presence of giants like yourselves, even though you might not think you are, I can absolutely vouch for both of you. Uh, the kind of work uh, that you're doing is the work that, you know, we need more of because it's the very people that have no idea of what's possible is what you're going to make possible for them. And so I really appreciate all that. That's also the purpose of my podcast, The Doctor's Guide, uh, podcast raw and unfiltered to uncover these these truths. Um, that was a beautiful interplay of what is possible between two people, one presenting with a problem, the one coming up with some form of resolution. Um, many times we just do it in six minutes. You guys did it in 20 and you had an incredible breakthrough, which I'm glad you know people can witness that because that means it's possible. So one, one phrase I just recently learned, if they can do it, you can do it. They can do it, I can do it. And that is so true. And so for, with, for you, Sienna, by the way, if I may add some insights, um, which I share it to myself, if you've seen somebody else do those things that you wanna do, you can do it too. So <laughs> that's why I'm here. So once again, I wanna thank you both. My name is Dr. Bart Rademacher. This is the Doctor's Guide podcast, raw and unfiltered bringing to you the insights and action steps that you can take. My hope is that you reach out to Alice and Sienna with any of your personal needs, or at least find out the path that works for you. And that's my mission. Once again, thank you. And I will be back. Thank you for listening to The Doctor's Guide, an innovative approach to help you navigate the complexities of your health journey with Dr. Bart Rademacher and his expert guests. Tune in to more insights and action steps in our next episode every weekday at 6 p.m. Eastern.